1: Okay. Five, six, 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 six.
2: Six, oh, I do have a couple. Go. Okay, yours, mine are really basic. Okay, ready? Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westrate. I'm Jason Black. Um, this is the queer, gay, lesbian, bi, trans people podcast where all those people come together and talk about the magical form, the mythical form known as the diva.
1: The Diva, yeah. We're talking about women who have inspired our lives.
2: This is a bright and shiny podcast. Who's this podcast for, though? I mean, this podcast is for the queens who invented the comeback. This
1: podcast is for when you, Nick, are lightning, and I, Jason, in thunder, and we collide on dry land.
2: Oh, this is a podcast for last action heroines. <laughs>
1: I'm going to fuck this one up. This podcast is for Nam Gerenge Ho.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is for rock and roll widows.
1: This is for podcasts for uh, when you can't stand the rain on your steamy windows.
2: This is a podcast for all you Swiss singers.
1: Okay. Say that one seven times fast. (laughs) Expat. Expat. Who do we have, honey? Who do we have?
2: This week we have all the way from France, Benjamin DeGrasse.
0: I tried to do that really well. This is Ben.
2: Ben is is a Tina Turner super fan and the uh, host, proprietor, runner of the Tina Turner blog, which is how we found you. Welcome, Ben.
3: Hi, Ben. Thank you you for having me. Hello, guys. Let me tell
1: you how I found you, Ben. Um, uh, We've been wanting to do Tina since we started. I mean, we, we talk about the Mount Rushmore of divas, and like Tina is... Tina is the sun above that mountain. And so we were like, okay, we can't, this is our third season. We can't, we can't continue without uh, finding uh, a Tina Stan. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just look on the interwebs (laughs) on, on on the Instagram. And I was like, let me just find a blog. And I was like, who is this blog that has 19 K followers and how do I get a hold of him? So like I wrote to you on on there and it was like not accepting any responses. So then I tried to friend you. I was like, Nick, I don't think Benjamin's seen my response. And then Nick got to you on Twitter. It yeah, was, I, will,
2: it's, I will track a bitch down on Twitter. That's my I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the stand round. we
1: need.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, the problem is that I get so many messages from people who think they are writing to Tina or they want to talk to Tina. <laughs> And unfortunately this I, I can't do anything. So yeah, it's sometimes I it takes a while for me to see messages and stuff like that. But uh, no, I'm glad that you found me in the end.
2: I'm so I, glad that you're here. And, it, and
1: really, it, it, really it, it, Nick, I think this is like our first person that we have. I can't think of anyone that we have that has so much of a stan account that we have interviewed. Yeah,
2: you are the most official of official super fan, I think. You run the Tina Turner blog. Can you just tell us about it?
3: I started 10 years ago, 2009, the blog. And really, it was just a page, like, there was nothing about Tina, nothing really interesting on the web about Tina. And I had a really, I have a really good friend of mine who lives in Holland. His name is Chef. And he started the blog with me. And Really, I I wouldn't have been able to do it if it didn't help me with it. And so we started writing about Tina. We collected a lot of Tina stuff over the years, bootleg DVDs and uh, books, magazines, CDs, everything. And so we thought it would be a nice place to to put everything together, to organize and try to, to have an intellectual approach. Maybe at first, like we wanted to go in depth into some subjects that were not dealt with uh, that people didn't really mention when when they were talking about tina but it evolved into something else and then i started making um videos on youtube for the mantras and everything and that's when it got a lot of, a lot of attention actually because the videos of tina chanting gets so many views every day it's crazy. Well, Millions. who doesn't want to
2: chant with Tina? I mean, come on, that'll start your day off right. That'll get you through a pandemic. <laughs>
0: so many
3: people are surprised also to find out that she does stuff like that like for people tina turner yeah simply the best what's love proud mary and they would never imagine that she's doing Namyoho renge kyo for hours and and stuff that's how you say it always interesting
2: yeah jay you don't you aren't a big chanter well i'm learning (laughs) (laughs) you can learn from tina
3: now
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember that scene and what's love got to do with it when she finds the when she finds a good religion. That was my ex- that was my most exposure. I didn't know that she actually does chanting videos. I actually did not know that during this whole research.
3: No, no. I actually she doesn't do, but I've made some. Uh, how do, do you say montages? Montages mm. video. Oh, editing. you have. I did, and, and that's why I got my first YouTube Creator Award. If what is happening? Wow. And well, uh, maybe you didn't see, but the, I've got, well, not I've got, but the blog has like 800,000 followers on YouTube as well. Wow. And 500,000 on Facebook and on the blog itself, it's 400,000 and something like that, 400,000. I mean,
1: you're yeah. literally in the Tina Turner business. <laughs>
3: I'm
1: not sure. I, yeah, I, I'm I have, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm looking a, behind you right now, speaking to us. Uh, ben is literally in a Tina. I can't. I can't even describe. what the room. Is.
2: It's a Tina room. It's your full. It's a is, Tina. Is office. Every room like that in your house? No, that, that's the just point. It's, it's in the bathroom. only
3: a room. It's only a room where I can go crazy with Tina, and there is no Tina anywhere else. It's only this room for Tina, and the rest is just <laughs> regular place. But uh, no, I have this problem of feeling like uh, an imposter. Like, mm. you know, like you take the place like you are not legitimate. Like, yes, that's yeah, my imposter problem.
2: syndrome, I think. Yeah, I always
3: that. felt, always felt that I didn't have the legitimacy, legitimacy, or I don't know, but I get contacted a lot. Like, from the musical people, Tina, the musical people, they contacted me when they started. There, are, there is a documentary coming out about Tina. They contacted me for footage. When there is a magazine or a documentary or stuff coming out, there's always people contacting me. But then after that, there is nothing. It's always people wanted, wanting stuff from me, but I should never ask for anything. So that's always a bit ah, annoying, but I don't want to make people depressed. I mean, I, I never ask for anything.
2: What is the fan community like? What are the is the does the Tina fan community? Do you have a name like the Beehive or the the Navy? Uh,
3: the turn- No, I don't think so. I think so, some people. A friend of mine tried to come with the term Titans. Oh. Which I I, I think was pretty good, but I, I'm, I'm not sure it really took
2: off. But uh, that was the fun. Titans. I like titans. the Titans.
3: What's the Titans
1: from? They're just like took Tina's was, name from, and
2: from, from Tina, team of the
1: Titan. No oh, I know where Titans the... come from, but how is it related? All right. is it... Yeah, thank you, baby. But is there is it related to <laughs> Tina in some ways? <laughs> Titans I'm origins. A a, a there's a T. There's word, an maybe. I. There's
2: an N. There's an A.
1: I guess I don't know Rihanna's na- Navy. What's Navy? I don't know. I don't know Navy a lot of
2: Rihanna's people. I
1: know, but what is that? What is, who knows? I don't. Knows
2: I mean, I'm sure they could tell you. <laughs> Um, what, what is that fan community like though? What are the Tina stands? Do you all, do you all get along? Are people really proprietary? What's it like? Well, because Ben, what's
1: so interesting to us is that we interview a lot of people who, whose fandom is, is kind of insular, you know, like they would go on the blogs, they would do some writing, but a lot of their development was, you know, uh, so personal. It was just basically them and, and this, this diva that they really love. But like, I mean, being the leader of a cult, I mean, come on. What
3: what does that bring? It is, well, I have a lot of Tina friends. And we meet every year on Tina's birthday. So I have a oh group of friends. And they are from Germany, from the Netherlands, from Belgium, UK, Spain, every, mostly Europe. Mostly Europe. But we have people from the US coming from time to time. And... This is the best. I mean, this is really the most intense week of the year. And it's always a lot of emotion. And we started like 15 people, 10, 15 people. And now it's every year we are like 50, 60, 80 people. And it, it gets bigger and bigger. We really get a lot of people. Do you and... all go to
2: like a hotel convention center? Do you rent out a ballroom? No, 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 no. It's very rough. It's a bar and it gets very dirty and
3: sweaty and it's Tina music. And well, we rent nice hotels, nice hotel rooms. But then the party in itself is always in a bar or in a club or something like that. And it's really just getting drunk and listening to Tina all night long. It's really oh wise. It's a lot of fun. That sounds and amazing.
1: So when you started this, you so you, you like you said you kind of started this this blog 15 years kind of on a whim, kind of like this was something you wanted to do. So you were you were already pretty deep in your Tina love. How did oh, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. How did how did the love start?
2: Wow. Well, like, what what does
1: love got to do with this?
2: Yes.
3: So <laughs> a lot of things. She's my substitute for love. I think it's Madonna, right? Mm. And I thought about that about Tina. That uh, she was really my my substitute for love.
0: Uh. Um,
3: it started when I was pretty young. So I was born in the east part of France. And my family, my father, he, he was Tina's age, pretty old. I, I was, my, my parents were pretty old. And they were listening to a lot of French music. Like you would hear a lot of Edith Piaf and Jacques Brel mm. and all those <laughs> really impressive, great French singers. And then one day my father was, Listening to the radio a Sunday morning, and I hear on the radio the. When I was a little girl, I had
0: a rag doll. Only I ever-
3: I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I get chills just thinking about it. And I was River Deep I, and I was familiar with classical music, but not Tina's voice. Tina's voice was just out of out of this world for me. And the song just... I just said to my father, I said, who's that? And he was like, well uh, Tina Turner, but... She's not from your generation. It's really not for you. Just forget it.
2: <laughs> Wrong. <laughs>
0: okay. Wrong take, right. Dad.
3: So I was 11, 12, 11, something like that. And uh, that's how it started. Then I got a, a CD from my sister. and in Sisters always bring the CDs. Yes. In 1990, well, I would have the cassette. I would record stuff from the, the radio and everything. And then uh, 1996, Tina came to Paris to perform for the wildest dreams wildest dreams tour. And so I ran away from home. I <laughs> I, I was living three hours from Paris, and I was 13. And I ran away for the weekend and I went to see Tina in Paris. And that, that was my first time seeing Tina because my parents were against it. And the bad so, things gay
1: boys do. Oh. Like go
3: to a Tina Turner concert. <laughs> it, it is so subversive. Like, oh no, I'm going to run away and go to a Tina concert. <laughs> but, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: you showed them, babe. <laughs> do you remember that, what the what the opening song was at the Wildest Dreams concert that night? Like, what the She first loves song? doing steamy yeah. windows,
0: right?
3: No, 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 whatever you want. Bruce Willis was opening act. Bruce Willis was opening act of Tina in Paris. Bruce Oops. Willis and his band. Oh, it was fun. He doesn't know how to sing, but it was fun.
2: <laughs> oh, and, whatever and, you want. You sent us yeah. this, whatever you want, this clip. And whatever when it started, want. my first thought was, oh God, I hope this is the opening number.
0: whatever you want. Whatever you want. For you, whatever you want me to be, I will be what you need. Because it's love that I feel whenever you're really near. I'm feeling sensual. I can't rely on myself. I'm wanting you, no one else. You got me right now. Love
2: Was the it's literally, she gets like, to that part, right? Because she gets to that part where she asks the audience. She's like, what do you response. want? And they go, you. And she has that, it's it's this weird dichotomy with her. I mean, she's it's she talks about a lot, like from the rock and roll halls, right? Like she just wants to give the audience everything. But at the same time, she's such a titan. She's such a god. You feel like you want to give it to her, but she actually just wants to serve that that house she wants to give them her
3: totally totally yeah she's really working as hell and what was impressive about this uh entrance whatever you want like steamy window she had the stairs and this was impressive but there it was just a voice you would hear the voice in the stadium before she would actually be on stage and that i thought was incredible just to hear the first note of the whatever you want and everybody's cheering and he's like where is she where is she where is she and then because time takes and the lights goes on and she's there and the dress is incredible and the legs are incredible and the voice and everything and this is it gets me every time it's still even today I mean it's still incredible.
1: I mean what's crazy is that that is her opening number and she performs it as she does just about every number like it's her encore. Do you know what I mean like like she perf- like she opens it as if this is the last song of the night and she's giving everything oh. she has. Oh, so it's right. really intense to see someone start at that level mm-hmm. and maintain that energy and dance and in so mm-hmm. in sync she's always in sync with those with her too. Uh, uh, background dancers. So y'all have got, there's so many Tina Turner concerts that you can be privy to. Oh They're my just
2: on YouTube. They're on YouTube. What is the dress she's wearing in this? It's like the greatest dress in the history of fabric. This is Versace.
3: Oh, Versace. Gianni <laughs> Versace did this dress for Tina. It's... it it. it, 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 it I saw it in real. I, we have a friend who has several... Addresses, but i didn't show it from him but this one i saw in real and it's so ridiculously short and slim it's like a, just a piece of fabric or something i don't
1: know it's so you know what clip that you sent me that felt even more like someone took a shirt cut the sides off and just kind of slit it up a little bit at the hips was the johnny carson like the oh. johnny carson the um after she shield- takes
2: off the coat Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. tiny
1: dress, I mean that was the most sexiest, uh slinkiest thing I've ever seen her wear.
3: She was 43 wearing this, and it's amazing. The legs and the strut, that's how you said the legs. Str- oh how she, strut. She, how she strut the, the, making the pony and uh and Rock and Roll Widow is such a fantastic song,
2: and then Talk to us about crazy. it because we've never heard it. I'd never heard either of these songs. Rock and Roll, Widow, and Steel Claw. You can see them on YouTube. They're beautiful. On the Johnny Carson's show in 1983.
3: December 31st, 30, uh, New Year's Eve, 82. 92, 82. New Year's Eve, 82. And, what well, Steel Claw is from Private Dancer" album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the last track from Private Dancer. And it's a very speedy song. It's a great rock and roll song. And she never, I guess never really did it live during a concert, nor uh, Rock and Roll Widow. I think that there's a few performances of Rock and Roll Widow uh, lip sync in Europe for the promo of Private Dancer. And Rock and Roll Widow was a B-side from, a B-side from one of the Private Dancer singles.
2: Not sure, not sure which one. She comes out in this like tux- big tuxedo jacket, and it's like it's his jacket. Singing about being this rock and roll widow and is sitting at home. to me because it's at that moment in her career, right? Like at the beginning of the comeback where everyone knows her as the woman who left Ike Turner, you know? there's this been this kind of separation in her fame and she yeah. comes on and then rips that off. I love this dichotomy of this, this these two songs next to each other.
3: Yeah, yeah th- th- that's the interesting point of the, about the, the Johnny Carson evening, because that was really such a big night. I mean, you would prefer, I guess for American people watching Johnny Carson was pretty common. So New Year's Eve was even a bigger event uh-huh. to appear on the Johnny Carson on New Year's. Eve would get you a lot of exposure. And that was big for Tina. That was a big evening for her. And I guess a lot of people were surprised, like, OK, Rock and World we do, Okay, she can sing. And then still oh no, she can do more than singing. She's incredible, she's still incredible.
2: But this look—I mean, I guess—when does the look look start? The modern Tina look—the teeny teeny dress, the massive blonde hair, and the legs for days. Does it start? She right always. Here? She was
1: always doing that with Ike too. The short. But dress. she had the long,
2: she had the long dark hair though in the '60s. And That's 60s, true, right? Yeah. Well, the, the big wigs
3: really started in '82, '83. I, I would say '83. Really, you have a performance of Tina live in Chicago it, or on YouTube, if you want to watch it. And that's when she started really wearing the crazy wigs and uh, manes.
2: Oh, God, it was incredible. I had this thought during uh... I watched this
1: documentary uh, and I love what she says. She says that, that she can do she can always do everything because she is a performer first and mm-hmm. then she's a singer, and then she's an actor, and then she's a songwriter, mm-hmm. da, 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 da But first she's a performer. Cause, uh, and she talks about how like, w- uh, when she left Ike, she was like, that's what he, that's what uh, he didn't take away from me. That's what I took, is that I could interpret anything. I could do anything. I can, uh, I always, I will always know how to perform. And I found that so interesting.
3: Mm. She is indeed a consumed performer. Maybe the best, one of the best performer really ever to live. But I think her image, the, 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 the image that we have of Tina, took off from really the great, the amazing singer that she is. She really has a unique voice. And she, she can pretty much sing everything. And it's, it's pretty rare when people would say, oh, yes, Tina Turner, she's, she has an, a beautiful voice. You wouldn't say she has a beautiful voice, but she has an incredible voice
2: powerful voice and I was if you think
3: if you think of Celine Dion you will think you you think of the voice of Celine you would say Celine Dion Barbara Streisand of course are great singers and Tina would be a great performer but Tina is also an incredible singer she's an incredible singer her voice is incredible
2: it feels like people like Janice Joplin and Grace Slick were studying Tina Turner. And I know I've read that they came and saw her perform live with Ike very early in their careers. And they have very singular voices of their own. But I thought this about Bette, too, our diva. Like for the Rose, like Tina had to have been that kind of un- unleashed and unparalleled wail that she has that seems to never tire it see it never it's never like she's going to break it either it's like she could do that for a year
1: it's nuts i just learned that um she was not the first interpreter for, of what what's love got to do with it it's this kind of real hokey <laughs>
3: hokey band called okay bucks fizz <laughs> bucks fizz was it i also I, th- I thought it was cliff richard i thought i think i think the song was first offered to cliff richard and he said no but then maybe someone recording. What
1: recorded, is Bugs you know? Fizz? I, Bugs Fizz is kind of like an ABBA light band. I, can't, I don't I just started kind of get I don't know it's very funky but I'm pretty sure that they had it first and so I was like really wanting to hear because that's obviously Tina's iconic song. That's I, I think that's probably what, I, what the first one of the first things I heard was that song in the in the radio growing up mm-hmm. and You just couldn't imagine anyone else interpreting it the way that Tina interprets the song. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I get to hear someone else because no one else does it. You know, divas love to cover divas. They don't really try to cover Tina. No one tries to come for Tina's crown because it's just going to be a mess. And it's just going to sound silly. But I was like, Oh, I want to hear what someone else did before they did Tina. And it's so generic, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sorry, buzz fizz, or whatever the hell your name is, but it's a, it's just kind of a throwaway. And then, And then it was just so interesting to compare that to, ooh, I just get shivers to what Tina does to a song, to the stamp that she puts on it, to the emotion, to the honesty and the truth.
3: That's it. A lot of honesty and truth when she sings What's Love. And I think that's why people fall in love with it. You
0: must understand The touch of your hand makes my folks react that it's only the thrill A boy meeting girl my the such attract It's physical Only logical You must try to ignore That it mean for Did you listen,
3: did you hear the, the, the Kygo remix from What's Love from this uh, summer? It was yeah. out.
2: Yes. Were you so excited?
3: Well, I was surprised, uh, but <laughs> I love remix. I love remix. I'm not sure that was the best remix. I thought no. it was a bit of a, of a lazy remix, but yeah. uh, <laughs> why not? I thought it was it. I mean, as long as people talk about Tina, as long as she's presented to a new audience, why not? Why not? It wasn't that bad.
0: What's love can to do? Got to do with it. What's love got to do?
2: and again, this is something that Tina has in common with our diva bet, that it's her only number one. Indeed. And Indeed. our diva also only ever had one number one. Lots of number twos or number threes or top tens. But you go like, wow, it's just an amazing uh, coincidence. And I, I kind of can't believe that the others weren't, or just... I guess we're in a different age now where every song reaches number one or it seems like everyone has 26 number one hit singles, you know. (laughs) But the idea that Tina Turner only has one is just fucking crazy to me. And the fact that we're uh, voting right now to get her into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. I mean, we hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on this podcast. It's our biggest nemesis. But that is so fucked.
3: Yeah, no, it's crazy that you have, yeah, yeah, that she isn't in there and that you have to (laughs) vote for Tina Turner.
1: But she's in there with Ike, right?
3: Indeed. She was inducted in 1991 with Ike and she performed there in 89 for Phil Spector, where she went on stage and they performed River Deep Mountain High and Paul Schaefer was directing and uh, Bruce Springsteen was there and Keith Richards, uh, Mick Jagger. It was a bit of a mess. But it was, it's pretty fun. You have to watch it on YouTube. The video is on YouTube. have a Deep Mountain High uh, Hall of Fame 89.
1: because we call her the cre- the queen of rock and roll. And when you yeah. hear her talk about rock rock and roll, it is she is so passionate about it. You know, she she loves to talk about the sexiness of it, the currency of it in in with the young culture. She's like, "I don't want to talk about uh, my broken heart. That's not what the kids are coming to me to see." Like she she you know, she when she came back in the 80s, her audiences were like were 13-year-olds all the way up to 60-year-olds. Coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, she she was able to captivate that kind of uh, wide range. She actually has a really great quote where she was like, "Rock and roll really is white people's music because they didn't know any suffering."
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty true. But th- that's also something that is uh, um, put against her, put against her from time to time. The fact that she sings mostly white songs and lives in white country, is married to a white man, and but yeah, it's sometimes a reproach that people would make to Tina.
2: But I love how she, in that quote, she says like that she doesn't want to, that a lot of rhythm and blues is about pain and that she doesn't want to focus on that part of her life. She wants to focus on joy and it really seems mm. like someone who went through as much pain as she did, and was degraded as much as she was through a large part of her life, gets to choose whatever the kind of fuck music she wants to make, and whatever kind of emotional space she can live in. If that's where the queen wants to live, that's where the queen's going to live. If you ask my ass, shit,
3: yeah, that, that's a strength, and that's what she projects to people. Like she never made any concession about anything that she would always do what she wanted to do. And she would be like uh, for her movie career. Like she really, I think that's one of her biggest disappointments. She really wanted to go into movies in 89. She, she announced that she would retire from the state in 89, 1989, because she thought that she would get a movie career, but then she ended getting bad scripts and prostitute hooker Hooker parts and stuff like that, and she would say no. Like she wouldn't degrade herself mm-hmm. just for the sake of, of being on a big screen or stuff like that, and always looking forward, always looking forward, and being true to herself.
1: So in '96, you uh, you rebelled and and went to a Tina T- uh, Tina Turner concert. Uh, what was the album that? was definitive for you during that blossoming
3: love for this diva. Wildest Dreams, the album that came out like I became a fan a fan in 1993, I think something like that and Wildest Dreams came out in 1996 and that was the album with Golden Eye and Missing You whatever you want. A lot of great
2: songs and oh, Missing You is, is so good. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to listen a- to that in the bathtub as a child. Ooh, the it. opening track on that album, right?
0: Every time I think of you I always catch my breath And I'm still standing And mm-hmm. Tina
3: said that she wanted to deliver the song, like she wanted to yell that I ain't missing you at all. Mm.
1: It's funny cause she's yearning for him too. And she really gets that expression across, yeah. you know, she's like, I'm on the edge of this night. I'm sitting on the edge of like either contacting you or actually trying to deny my love for you. And, mm. and she's a, she's a movie. She puts the movie in the song. She puts, she might not have been in movies but she puts some movies in all of her songs. I sing. <laughs>
3: I know no, she's very cinematographic, even when you see her live. The, Tina is someone that you have to see to really enjoy. Like, it's nice to listen to some Tina, but to watch Tina mm-hmm. is another experience. Like, That's you nice. get the looks, you get the moves, and all the things going around. That's what I love about Tina. She was always so aesthetic to watch. There was always the, the what's love got to do with it clip. I think it's still pretty hip. It's pretty nice. It's, it's
2: all still really hip. I don't feel like there's any part of her that wasn't cool or any period of her that doesn't still seem cool now.
1: What about Tina Turner does country?
2: <laughs> Wait, what? You
1: can't, act, okay, I'm, I'm kidding, but you can't get, <laughs> you like that one? You can't get that on um, anywhere. And so I always have to do YouTube for it. Do you have that in your Tina Turner catalog? Tina Turner
3: does country. I don't even. Know I do. Really. Uh, I have the LP. There, there are so many. There is an LP. Tina Turner goes country. Tina Turner sings the con- sings country. They're both a bit cropped, but <laughs> well, it's country music, first. Ooh. So, oh, watch <laughs> no. out! Watch out! We're, we're <laughs> Americans.
2: darling. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> Take the ribbon from. I'll shake it loose and I'll let it fall, lying here against your skin, like a shadow on a wall, come here and lay down beside me. in the early morning
3: you have to i mean as a fan you have to listen to them to at least know the songs that she's no but i'm not so bad i'm I'm a bit harsh they're not so bad
2: you got to take the rough with the smooth can i also
1: rough is another album that you can't get
2: yeah that's what i was just about to ask about rough like the disco album it's very good rough is a good album rough it's a good album. We can't get it here. I mean, we'd have to buy it on eBay or something. But
3: on on CD or on vinyl.
2: I mean, we when I say we can't get it, I can't get it right now on my Spotify. So I'm. Afraid. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Or Love okay. Explosion, I can't get on my Spotify right now. So no, we can't get it anywhere.
0: We're just running around with our heads cut off. <laughs> help!
1: Help!
2: There, there is
3: a uh, Apple music as well. There is a lot missing. Yeah, there is a lot missing.
2: Why is that missing? What's going on? Can we fix it? I have no idea. I have no idea how this
3: works. I mean, Tina, last <laughs> You two can two fix albums. this.
2: You have the power to fix this. Now is the
1: time for you to ask and ask Spotify to change it. Ask Tina. Now, ask have you, Tina. Have you met
2: <laughs> Tina?
3: Yes, I've met Tina. Oh my
1: gosh! Whoa, we oh went gosh, from okay. rough to was meeting the story. Tina. We're ready. For that it. was a rough transition.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. In
3: 1999, there was a contest on the radio in France on NRJ, and if you would w- win the contest, you the, the winner of the contest it was for a week. You would win 20 CDs from Tina. So I won 20 CDs from Tina on NRJ. In 1999. In 2004, I was living in Belgium and there was a contest on the radio, a radio for old people called Nostalgie. And on Nostalgie, you could win a trip to Switzerland to meet Miss Tina Turner uh, before the recording of a TV show. And I won the contest. In 2008, my father just passed away. And in December, a French TV radio. Uh, puts a contest and you could win a trip to New York to see Tina at the Madison Square Garden. I won the trip to New York to see Tina at the Madison Square Garden. Two years ago, another radio put a trip to play <laughs> a game for a trip and you could win a trip to London to go see Tina, the musical and... I won the trip to to see Tina Well,
2: leave something for some of the other fans to win. Yeah, Yeah. and And just a quick question.
1: What lottery numbers would you say I should play? (laughs) Off the top of your head, what magic
2: numbers?
3: (laughs) Fuck! I I only play Tina. I never play the lottery. I never call for I just play the lottery.
2: I only play (laughs) Tina. (laughs)
1: does she know about about like the documenting and and work that you've done for to help kind of catalog her career for the masses do you think she's aware of it at all or
3: well for a lot (laughs) a a lot of years i thought that really she had no idea but apparently she does yeah woman that works for tina uh, I met her in Nutbush. Like every year we have a fan reunion in Nutbush. And I met there is a team You fly to Nutbush? Team. Yeah, I've been I've been there several times. And wait, like, wait the city go? limits? The city <laughs>
1: limits the cool House and the outhouse?
3: <laughs>
2: There is oh, he's dust. holding up a mug, a nutbush mug.
3: What? And oh. inside the inside the mug there is dust from the place where Tina's house used to stand in nutbush. bush. <laughs> so I'm gonna get
2: arrested someday. This is next level psychosis here. I love this.
0: Whoa.
3: I'm creeped. I'm amazed. <laughs> oh. This is a rock. This is a rock that was on the field where Tina's house used to stand in nutbush. Wow.
2: wow, babe, we don't it's have amazing. any Hawaiian. Babe, we gotta go to Hawaii. Babe, <laughs> we gotta go to Hawaii
1: right now. We Gotta go to Hawaii, babe. We gotta. That's where bets from. Okay, we, we thank you for this challenge. We're signing off. Podcast <laughs> is over. We're <laughs> we have stepping academic flight to Hawaii. We have to step our game up. Wow. Okay, Whoa.
2: so every year you go to Nutbush, and the friend of Tina said what?
3: In assistant. Rhonda Graham, she passed away last month and she was working with Tina since nineteen sixty something. So she's been Tina's closest friend and assistant, bridesmaid at a wedding, really wow. every and she saw me and I actually I we were staying at the same hotel and I went to see the the guy at the lobby and I explain to him I said uh, I'm a big Tina fan and I would like to have the bedroom next to Rhonda Graham because when she arrives I want to pretend that I'm going out of my room and meet her as if it was a coincidence but I wanted plan like I wanted to meet Rhonda and so she finally arrived and I prepare all my plan and I go out and I say oh like I'm surprised to see her and I say hello Rhonda I'm Ben from France and she she looks at me and says oh hello Ben nice job with the blog. And I'm like, Oh, 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 oh okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, Rhonda. So, so yeah, she, she told me that when I started Tina and the management and everybody, they really looked at everything. Like they were making sure that I wasn't writing any BS or that I was pretending to be Tina or stuff like that. So they were really monitoring and I think they still do I was in Hamburg where they were presenting the actress that would play Tina in Tina Das Musical, the German version of Tina the Ooh, Musical. Wow. Tina Das Musical where they sing all Tina songs in German. This is beautiful. And, and Tina, and so we were in a very small room and Tina came in and she saw me and she had like this moment with her head. Like she looked at me and she wasn't sure it was me or something. And Looking at me like, oh, you're still here, and so she waved at me and she acknowledged me, or something. So that was that always makes me pretty happy. But uh,
2: what about that first time you met her, though, when you were in a contest? So, which <laughs> of the 18 contests did you first meet her?
1: Did you <laughs> shake the hand of the Titan
3: 2004? <laughs> uh, Zurich, and she was promoting the All the Best album, which was uh. All the best. What, again, another greatest hits CD. It's the only CD of- I
2: have in my car.
1: It's my... It's the only time I've ever ran in my life was to that CD. And it's ah. the... I just think it's one of the perfect compilations of all time. I. She has really? a lot of... I, okay i know whatever but like for me it really she had like beautiful disaster like I get really down on some of these uh drippy songs that she like added in there um on silent wings like i i don't know there it goes up it goes down yeah i just i love this you don't love this compilation so
3: so much no 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 it's very good it's good it sounds good but there there's been so many compilation so there's been yes. so many best stuff. but the new songs were all right i mean open arms was a bit well, well, was cheesy i love that cheesy yeah i love it because i heard it live but before hearing tina in the studio sing well in the tv studio singing the song i wasn't sure i, I liked it much but then tina she can sing anything and it makes it great
0: yeah
3: So Zurich, I was in the TV station and she was uh, performing. So I saw the rehearsal and Tina was really performing uh, op- like she was performing in front of 500 people. Then after the rehearsal, we got to see her in her dressing room. I was with one of the fans. She came in and it was incredible. I mean, it, she... She entered the room and I was expecting a tall woman, really big, tall. And actually, she was petite and my size and very slim. And she, I I can only, she looked like a doll. She looked Mm -hmm. like a doll, like a real life doll. And her hands were very cold and the smell was incredible. And we talked a bit and she was very, she, she really made the I, i'm sure she's a friendly person but she really made the effort of being friendly and nice and uh, mm. interested in what we had to say but it was very short and and that was it i told my friend when we were when we went out and i said said to my friend i said oh i was surprised that erwin tina's boyfriend at the time wasn't there and actually he was standing like next to me the whole time and I didn't see him he was in the room and my and in my memory I only see like Tina and a huge light around it and lights clouds could,
2: trumpets and angels god you could really feel that, no
3: but it's really a big energy that comes out mm. of Tina like the being in, in her presence and the energy and and yeah it's, it was a beautiful moment it was really a beautiful moment I
0: know what to say i
3: A few years ago, I was on
0: Grinder,
3: and uh, a guy was talking to me, sending me a message. Did you? Yeah, did yeah, you I,
2: yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I said,
3: Grinder.
2: Grinder. <laughs> I'm, I'm not proud. You can say Grinder loud and proud on this show.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know why he started asking me. So, uh, if I have a look into your uh, music, what, w- which artist would I find? And I didn't want to say Tina, so I went very like masculine like Bruce Springsteen and uh, Rolling Stone, which is true. I love Bruce and I love the Stones and everything. And he goes, uh, and, it's, and I say, and what about you? And he goes, oh, I'm the biggest Tina Turner fan <gasps> ever. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, all right.
2: Okay, we have to meet. <laughs> and then you look at
1: your other phone and it was actually you just texting you.
2: <laughs> Are you no, married no. now? Did you get gay married to this person?
3: No, 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 no.
2: No. He, so Does he, he have a rock
3: from Nutbush? He doesn't. But he came to my place and I didn't say anything. And so he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he came in. Don't go in there. Room. Don't go into this room. In the living room. And we were talking and everything. And then I said, well, I have to show you something. And, uh, <laughs> and I showed him the dinner room. And he's like, it's incredible. It's incredible. And so I told him the story and everything, and he got really even more interested in me. Me, not so much, but that's another story. And we were watching some Tina videos, and he goes, I love this hair. I love when she does her hair like that. And I go, yeah, it's it's a very nice wig. And he's like, what? Said, yeah, well, <laughs> it's a wig. He goes, no. I said, yeah, it's a wig oh. anyway. And I think it, distri- it was m- fun of, of Tina, mostly for her hair. So it, it was, was a, a huge it's like
2: that moment, that moment in game when they learn their divas wearing a wig. It's like uh, children in Santa Claus, <laughs> you know, I don't
3: know. I thought it was for me, it was impossible. That you, How could you think that they were real hair?
1: I think so, like I said, the only ever time I really tried to run was listening to All of the Best by Tina Turner, uh, the whole the, uh, all the way through, because it really works. It really, really works. But I really think uh, she is queen of strut music, mm. you know, where you kind of kick your legs out like she does. Da, 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 And um, my favorite strut song is Typical Male. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Ooh. a song that I would perform. I think it hits boom, boom, boom and then when the when the when the drum part drops in, you know dot, 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 and she gets into the groove of it. Put on it's- tina when i want to imagine myself uh in a leather coat kind of dripping off my shoulder mm. do you know what i mean <laughs> like like that's the kind of energy i want to get or fill myself in like it is it's it is it's sexy and empowering music uh what what would you say is like one of her best songs like that
3: proud mary if i want to feel fabulous i just go proud mary i just classic dance. I have done, I've danced Proud Mary so many times everywhere in the streets, at school I'm a teacher, I've danced Proud Mary in front of my students I, I'm in the Air Force, I'm also a military I'm in the Air Force, I've danced Proud Mary in front of soldiers
0: wow. <laughs> that work? I've, I've done, done a good job <laughs> in the city, Working for the man Every night and day and I-
2: that I think it's such a gay anthem to me. My other very best friend, Nick Mayo, and I once danced Proud Mary on the bar uh, at a little bar called the Hole in New York City, and stripped all of our clothes off.
3: Oh, very nice!
2: Right around four in the morning, did the whole the full Proud Mary dance. We used to have a whole routine to it. It was it was pretty iconic.
1: Also, her version of The Bitches Back, Elton John's The Bitches Back, is another great, another great, da 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 I, could deal with,
2: I could deal with Tina covering every Elton John song ever.
1: Oh, that would be nice. They it's funny that she to- does that, she does do The Bitches Back on Divas Live, and Elton John is like one of the divas on there.
0: I
3: know. Oh, they were supposed to go on tour together. Elton and Tina, they were supposed to go on tour. Oh my tour together. God. But they had a huge feud at. Divas live 99 during the rehearsal and they were almost they almost canceled the performance no. they were they were rehearsing proud mary and they rehearse, and tina is like hmm there is something going wrong with the the music it's not as it should be and she goes bass player can you do it again Bass player goes no 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 there's something else it's it's you elton <laughs> you are not playing the piano as you should be. <laughs> and when you are Tina Turner and you have wow. never written a song or played an instrument in your life, and you said to Elton John that your piano is not correct, he went mad. He wow. went in a rage and he, he went up, he said a big you to Tina, ran out of the stage and they had a huge argument. And everything was like okay are they are they going to perform together are they going to do it and of course they are both big professionals and they ended up performing but and the fun of it was they performed the Bitch is back and the way now if you look at it the way that they perform bitches is back and they have some looks at each other like
2: anyone everyone always seems to love tina so much and she's so she just always seems so positive and like this ray of light like like, you can tell like she has like she's tough and you wouldn't fuck with her
3: yeah i wouldn't fuck with tina i wouldn't fuck with tina
2: no but she seems like an amazing collaborator that sounds to me like elton john was just being a bit of a fucking sensitive little press like
3: very sensitive
2: yeah, he was probably fucking playing it wrong. Fuck that. Um, let's talk about... I want to talk about... Because Jason has some tea for me about Aida. And since we're on Elton John, I want to talk about Easy as a Life.
1: Well, should I spill my tea about that album real quick? Spill Girl, your tea. who does... Okay, do you know... So we did an Aida um, episode. And we yeah. love the musical. Uh, I love the musical. I don't know how we missed. So this is an album in which uh, like, some guests, some not guests... It's a very strange album uh, cover Aida. Girl, do you know who does my finest suit?
3: Who? I have no idea. Spice
1: Girls. <gasps> oh, yeah. What? The
3: Spice Girls right? All of them? <laughs> <And> the <laughs> whole yeah, yeah. thing
1: I've ever... I was literally screaming. It's a mess. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> And this would not be the song I would pick for Tina to do, but but you sent this to us.
0: Oh,
3: God. Uh, I'm, I'm a very depressed person, and Easy as life is really the song that I love to listen this is the moment when the gods expect me to beg for help but i won't even try it's so dramatic i mean so it's dramatic. over the top but it's beautiful and tina's voice i mean she ha- it sounds egyptian it sounds like a uh, reincarnation it sounds mm. it's deep i love it it is beautiful and i wish you would have done more songs like that
0: this is the moment when the gods expect me To beg for help But I won't even try I want nothing in this world But myself To protect me But I won't lie down Roll over Tell myself that love's a never-changing situation Passion would have cooled, and all the magic would have died
1: So different than what she does do this is like yeah. a five minute kind of
3: ballad haunting i think is the correct word for the song haunting like it, it never leaves you i'm never tired of it
0: it's
3: but funny. i've never listened to the whole album the, the whole idea album <laughs> never listened to it <laughs> oh,
1: well said. treat yourself and then listen to her and then listen to our episode about it uh-huh. um, and then download
2: cause... it and you can leave us an iconic review
1: <laughs> you sent well. us her version of a joni mitchell song on the Herbie Hancock, Joni Mitchell album. And we, and you kind of answered our question because we always like to know, like what would you want this person to do next? Or what would you have wanted them to do next? I kind of think Tina's probably re- fully retired now. She's 81. So I don't think she has any intentions of going back out. But but you sent us this and you said, this would have
3: been the direction
1: that I would have wanted to hear more of. Can you talk yeah. about that?
3: Well, the, the Ella feature role direction, like singing the great American songbook uh, mm. some Bewitched, Bother and Bewildered uh, Cry Me a River uh, all those songs I would have died for Tina to do, like really only focusing songs that would only focus on Tina's voice, mm. not so much the music or anything, but really giving her the, the possibility of doing something different <laughs>
0: Big man arrives. Disco dancers greet him. Plain clothes cops greet him. Small town big man, fresh lipstickless name. Sophomore giant from victims of typewriters, the band sounds like typewriters. But the big man, he's not listening. His eyes hold Edith. His left hand holds his right. What? Does
3: Again, I think she's right when she said people are expecting to hear something from Tina Turner and she would never deviate from that, even during her live performance, that when she was 70, she would still try to perform those very high energy, energy performances, even though she was, she was tired because she knew that people would want to see Tina Turner doing Tina Turner. And not doing something different. So I would, I know she she would have never gone all jazz like Ella Fitzgerald or something. But I think there would have been a market for that. I think I'm sure the critics would have loved that. I'm sure a lot of fans, a lot of people would have loved that. Maybe not as as big as a of a market as the rock and roll music, but jazz is is jazz.
0: Of girls are conferring, and the man with a diamond ring is purring all claws for now withdrawn. <laughs> one by one they bring his renegade stories to her, his crimes and his glories to her. In challenge they look on Women he has taken Grow old to some He tilts their tired faces Gently to the spoon
2: that album that Annie Lennox put out a couple years ago, nostalgia, is like that. It's it's all her doing those kind of that kind of music and it's amazing. It's so beautiful and I'm really glad that she did that. I would have loved to have a record like that from Tina. Jesus.
3: And I'm not I'm not even sure there is a lot of a uh, back catalogue from Tina, a lot of that's what that I wanted was, to ask. That was not published. I'm not sure. I think Tina she she hates the recording studio. I think since the Ike days, Ike Ike built a studio in the house. Like she had to be in the studio when he was calling at two o'clock in the morning. If Ike wanted to record a song, she had to be in the studio. And I think from that time, she she kind of uh, kept some form of a resentment or I don't I don't know about being in a studio. So Private Dancer was recording in was recorded in fifteen days, which is nothing. Twenty four seven. The last album was also made in a month or something very short period of time by the people who did uh, believe from share
2: i mean and... the 24 7 look is really the look for me i love this evolution of the tina look the high-waisted pants and the blousy top i'm here for it sorry that was a side note
1: I feel like no, that's no. real Oprah look. That's like when Oprah came on board and like yes. when all of us babies were watching Oprah, that's how we got to know like Tina. That's how, that's Oprah how I got to know Tina. Like Tina.
2: Yeah. Oprah introduced me to Tina in that real oh, right. Yeah. And that's, and I got it. And I got 24 seven and then I worked backwards from there. But re what you were just saying about the recording studio, it seems like because of the history with Ike, the live performance was her arena. That's what she had control over. That's where she was the boss. And she even says that in some documentaries too. Once I was out there and I was doing it, I was in charge. You know, it's like where her power seemed to be. Do you think?
3: Yeah, but she could be charged by Ike. Like, you know, every mistake would cost $5 or $10. Fuck. She would miss, miss a 10 step, And sometimes the Ike wouldn't get paid. Like if you made a mistake, you would get fined. And yeah, he was a crazy man. But also, yeah, she had freedom on stage with Ike to a certain degree. I think the ultimate freedom was when she went solo, Las Vegas yes. in the 70s and then big comeback. But uh, yeah, of course, the freedom is the stage and the studio is not the place. I don't think she really enjoys the work in studio
1: she got like a 30th anniversary for private dancer. And when I was looking up Foreign affair, which is an album, I don't know that much. She has a lot of B sides that are at least aren't on the albums as they are on streaming, like the uh, the B side extra uh, tracks. So I was like, oh, there's there's some stuff that, ha- that hasn't quite been released. Cause well, like I'm the- always hungry for the extra tracks, you know, like oh. I'm starving for the unreleased stuff. I don't know if that if you're if like, you're just like, oh, if she just has anything left in the vault
3: now everything that was released on the 30th anniversary cd of private dancer were stuff that we had from b tracks from singles already okay. the only good but, but the, the remaster the remastering of the album of private dancer 30th anniversary was excellent the sound is so good and your
0: private dancer a dancer for money Do what you are you Do what you want me to do I'm your private dancer A dancer for money, And any old music will do
1: my fantasy is to have a bunch of Tina songs i've never heard
3: it's the fantasy of of a lot of fans yeah unfortunately it seems like until tina is away we we won't get anything i think they are waiting for the after career so to speak and uh we'll see but i'm not sure there is a lot in the catalog and foreign affair is in my opinion the best tina album the the production of yeah, the, the production, it's also the biggest sale. I mean, it sold more than Private Dancer. And it's it's a great album. It's a very American music, but also recorded in Europe. It, it has this European feeling to it, like Foreign Affair, the song, the main song of the album. And no, I love Foreign Affair. I think it's her best album, best work she ever did was Foreign Besides Affair. Besides Foreign Affair, what's the hat? Undercover agent for the blues, ask me how I feel, be tender with me, baby. Uh, You're just like the
1: album. You're just like, well, so the whole album will lay names. No, yeah, it
3: it has a coherence, the album. Right. Foreign Affairs, a coherence like Pravidenza, that a lot of Tina albums don't have. I really love
1: Be Tender with Me, baby.
3: It's a great song.
1: So good.
0: got the right to tell me it's all over it isn't like me to be begging you don't let go don't let go just stay with me another day when I'm not myself what to do. Also,
1: steamy Windows, which is what I so I just watched Barcelona, um, the Barcelona concert from 1990. Yeah. Life changed, yeah. my life has changed. I mean, <laughs> utterly changed. She is right, isn't it one of the best. I mean, I thought it was one of the best. I've seen other Tina concerts, but this one, uh, and she has this dance. she has this white dancer, and the girl has hair down to her butt, and she's just whipping it back and forth. And then Tina's in line, so in sync, uh, so perfect. In that rock and roll vibe. And I think she opens that one with Steamy Windows, right?
3: It did. Yeah, yeah. With the big stairs and they come, it comes down and Tina comes down the stairs and uh, starts dancing Steamy Windows. Yeah. The concert. And she that loves that song. Awesome. She's
1: like, I love how hot it is. Like, she loves the vibe of it.
3: It's naughty, but it's not vulgar. It's, you know, it's a good song for Tina. It's a good rock and roll song for Tina, Steamy Windows. I was thinking about Parker, yeah. I learned English because of Tina. I was like, well, steamy windows. But okay, all right, steamy windows. I know when I think of
1: steamy windows because we're we're, we're from the cold of Michigan and I'm like, oh, they just have the heat turned on
0: (laughs) inside
2: the car because it's icy out. That's what happens when it's winter. You know who I want to make steamy windows with is her saxophone player. Oh, oh my gosh! That friggin' beefcake—the beefcake, the beefcake yeah. saxophone player. He's in oh everything. He's, He's
1: everywhere. With her He's... forever. Who is he? It's like find that honk in every video she does.
3: So Tommy Capella. Tommy Capello. Yeah, he became really into uh, bodybuilding during Wilder's dreams, and he was. Yeah, he is iconic. He is <laughs> iconic, and he was. He was in a movie called The Lost Boys. And a lot oh, of yeah? people know him because of the moves he did, The Lost Boys. Yeah. And he's just credited as the, the sax player. That's all he did. He was just playing the saxophone in the band, in The Lost Boys. And so he's famous for Tina and The Lost Boys. But, but she gets he so
2: sexy with him. God. But the
3: duo that they do in the Wildest Dreams concert, when they perform Wildest Dreams and Tina comes close to him and starts putting her hands on his behind and everything. She, she can go like, have you ever watched uh, of course, you know, the performance with David Bowie in Birmingham yes. in
2: 85? Oh, uh, their relationship is so special and beautiful to me. I love it. And I love their the sound of their voices together. I think it's one of the best compliments on a duet I've ever heard of two voices complimenting each other so perfectly.
0: I love you
1: Tonight is Both. such a mood lift. It's such a mood lift, you know, like such a hopeful song. Uh, mm. I, I, I it, It's transporting to me. And David Bowie, he said that um, people on stage can really be dead in the eyes, not Tina.
3: She really looks at you in the eye. Yeah, and gives like. you it. So do you know the rumor? Rumor has it that uh, the night before Birmingham, Tina and David were... Uh, having fun together in uh, Tina's hotel room. And if you have a look at, if you watch the video of the two of them performing tonight on stage, the the, the official video, okay, the video that is on YouTube and everywhere, they are dancing together during the instrument part of the song and David David is whispering something at Tina's here and Tina just burst out laughing. And if you rewind, and if you watch in slow motion, you can read on David's lips what he's saying. And he's mentioning, he's talking about the night that they had before. And he says, can I say it? I think I can say it. Huh? He say says, it, say it. My cock is still sore. <gasps> and, you, and you really, you really can see it. It's really obvious that's what he says. And Tina just explodes really burst laughing so and she was asked about it a few years ago when she went um she was promoting tina the musical in england she went into this british tv show and that was her first interview in five years and the first time that someone was asking about tina and david and he says so he showed the clip and he says tina can you tell us what david told you and he, she goes no ah. <laughs> no comment, no memory of that so she denied it and even in her last biography she totally denied it she said it was false mm. rumor that never mm. happened I have to say I don't believe it and I think it's pretty cool I think it's really rock and roll it's oh. really
1: Throw the children some more tunes. I feel like we have, we definitely have a couple more hits that we could get on to for them to listen to.
3: So what else moves you? The Buddhist recordings that she did in a little later life. I don't know if you had a, a chance to, to, to listen to that, but in, <laughs> right after she went on tour in 2009 and she started recording Buddhist mantras, I thought, well, a lot of people didn't really like it. And a lot of people, that I met met, were a lot of Tina fans that I met when I started to be a fan were telling me that they were Buddhist and that they were Buddhist because Tina was a Buddhist. And I thought it was a bit ridiculous. I thought like, why would you, I mean, a religion or something is very personal, very strong. Like it's a bit extreme to be, to become a Buddhist because Tina is a Buddhist. Anyway, now she does all those, Mantras and all those spiritual songs. And I'm thinking maybe, like, you know, in Buddhism, they say that, that everything happens for a reason, that everything is connected. And maybe if I became such a big Tina fan, it was for me to be introduced to that type of uh, music and uh, spirituality and try to get uh, more connected, more present, and more self aware. And it's a, it's a struggle it's it's difficult but maybe there was a reason for me to become such a big Tina fan in the end
2: maybe so are, that was a are you practicing buddhism now? I try
3: to meditate. I can't say I'm cha- I can I don't chant. I would say Renge Kyo from time to time when I'm feeling really bad but it's difficult it's it's very very difficult. It's a very it's a discipline that you have to that you have to have every day. Uh, you should meditate every day. I'm really thankful for that for that type of music to have been introduced to that type of music and spirituality and and reading about Buddhism and about this. So, so that's I think a, the that was club it.
1: hit that you're picking for the kids. Um, that so check that off the box. The dance song. What else do you
3: have? sorry i didn't understand the question can you repeat the question no
2: no no he yes, was I, just teasing you
3: yeah no I, I understood that i i answered not the right not the right to, to, to the wrong question but i i'm sorry i didn't
2: understand you no no that was a beautiful answer to your that question. was beautiful honey jason sometimes when when something gets serious or emotional he sometimes pulls us out with a, with a lull.
3: that's good you have
2: to do that. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's just how he responds to vulnerability. Don't take it personally. Um, yeah, I do that.
3: I do that as well. So what? That
2: was beautiful. Oh. Thank you for that. They. Uh, what's What's a uh, like a lost bop? Like a, a song you feel like no one but the deepest Tina fans put on that Tina playlist?
3: Um, maybe Don't Turn Around, which made a comeback with Tina the Musical. Don't Turn Around was a duet with Ace of Base, I think, was the name of yeah. the band. Yeah. What? You did that? Uh, Don't Turn Around was originally re- uh, uh, recorded by Tina. She was the first. On what album? Well, actually, it wasn't on an album. It was on a B-side. No, The first time it was on CD was on the collected recordings, which was three CDs that came out in 1994. It was the best of first CD was I and Tina. Second CD was the Comeback Years and the last CD was the big hit. And, and Don't Turn Around was, was on it. And I got like, it's fabulous, like fabulous. And when I went to see Tina the musical, the theme song, so to speak, of Tina the musical is Don't Turn Around. It made a comeback in Tina the musical, oh. but I was very interesting.
2: And kind of metaphoric about, like, don't turn around, keep going, don't look back at what's behind you, keep moving.
3: Yeah, it starts, the the song, well, it, the show starts with Nutbush, but a version of Nutbush in the, in the church, like a gospel version uh. of Nutbush, which is beautiful. And then the next scene is Tina leaving Nutbush, leaving her grandmother, going to St. Louis, and... She doesn't want to leave, and but yet she wants something different. And so don't turn around goes, fits perfectly. Like, I don't want to leave, but I don't want you to stay. So it's a nice conversation between the, the grandmother and young anime. And the songs come back throughout the whole musical like a theme.
1: I've never seen the musical, and now I'm looking at it, and I cannot wait to get into this. Uh,
2: Adrian Warren is so amazing, and it, if it wasn't for fucking COVID, she, we would all be at this musical every right. fucking week.
3: Indeed. Yeah, I was really surprised. It's such a huge hit. It was, I knew it would be a hit in London, Tina the Musical, but it's also a big hit on Broadway, which was unexpected, and this is nice. But Adrian Warren is good.
2: I think we need to ask you the final question, Jay. Are you ready?
1: Yeah. Okay, honey. So you have, this is our final question that we ask all this, all of the uh, stands who have, you know, a million followers in their stand account. You have won another lottery and it's a phone call lottery and you get to leave a voicemail directly to Tina Turner's landline in Switzerland you get to tell her everything you want from your heart. What do you say?
3: Hi, Tina. This is Ben. Just wanted to say thank you for all the years. And I hope that you heard about my blog, that you are proud of the work that I've done for you. Not the work that I've done for you, but I, that <laughs> I made you proud. And I will never stop listening to you. And I will always follow your advice. And I love you.
2: Mm. Oh. That's beautiful. I love oh that you'll God. always follow her advice. I love that.
1: Isn't it so wonderful to have someone that you can just constantly have inform your life?
2: It's going to
3: be the most depressing podcast you ever got, you guys ever had. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's always not. nice to go back to Tina and to, to, to follow her. And yeah, she, she's a mentor. She's, she's a good mentor for me. She she was the mentor I needed. She was the idol I needed in my life.
1: I know. I know. And there's so much that you can regain strength from, re-inform your life as you get older. That music ages with you, you know, and, and you can reconnect to it. And then there's these musicals and there's still some good stuff coming out. So Yeah, I, I think... I think to, It's pretty to, to fabulous.
3: To, I, I didn't choose... To become a Tina fan. I think she chose me Like that the song that River did the day that it came on the radio it, it was for something. The song came to me and I didn't be, I, I couldn't become a fan of someone else It was well, Tina
1: I
2: mean, It was meant
3: to be she was simply, meant to
2: She's be. simply the best
3: Better than all the rest Better
2: than anyone
3: <laughs> Anyone I've ever met and i met her
2: <laughs> You have met her oh, ben, Multiple they- times <laughs> So much for coming on the podcast this, this has a, been everything. I could I could talk to you for hours and hours and I hope we can have you back and maybe we'll rewatch What's Love Got to Do With It together or something like or that. Or
3: Thunderdome. <laughs> that would be great. I would love that. I would love to come back and talk again about Tina with you guys. It
2: was super Oh, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Um, please go back and download old episodes, leave us a review. And as always, you can find us over on Patreon for additional episodes, patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. We think you're the best, battle angels. Oh.
1: Yeah, we, we thank you so much. And again, Ben, this was everything. We're we're coming out with a big hit with you. We're just just you moved us to everything. Thank you, baby. We're Be safe, Battle 10, Angels.
2: Greatest Tina fan on the podcast. Yeah.
3: Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, honey.
1: Bye, baby.